and three, and two, and one. Welcome to The Peaceful Truth, the podcast where we talk about everything from women empowerment, feminism, and everything in between. You are joined by your co-hosts, Kenzie Meekbeck and Megan Howard. Welcome back, ladies and feminist fellas. What's up, Ken? Not much. What's up with you? Um, I decided not to wash my face the entire weekend. Why? Because I was lazy. <laughs> And now I have a nice little zit coming up. Oh my god, I have like one right there too. You can't see it because I'm wearing a lot of foundation. I'm just so mad at myself. Like, why did I do that? I don't know, girlfriend. I was so I like, lazy. I like if I at all feel greasy at all, I'm like immediately get in the shower. Oh my gosh, it feels so good to wash the face. You feel so much better about life. You feel like you're conquering life when you wash your face. I got the, one of those things that are like the electronic scrubbers for your face on my birthday this year. Clarisonic. Yeah. Do you love it? Yeah, I'm not a very consistent user, so I can't tell if it's helping my skin. Out. I think that it's really good, actually, so you should probably do it. <laughs> and I should probably just wash my face every night, like my mom taught me how to do. Mm-hmm. I uh, have to, or I can't sleep. The only time I don't is, like, if I'm really exhausted and I wake up on the couch at, like, 3 a.m. after falling asleep watching TV, and I'm like, Bleh. Yeah, for sure. Um, we need to follow, well, we are now following this girl on Instagram. She wrote a book that I really want to read. It's called Girl, Wash Your Face. <laughs> and it's not just about washing your face, but it's about female empowerment. She's a mom to three boys and one girl. The three boys are biological children, and then the girl they just adopted. She's Aww. like 11 months. And so um, I am already obsessed with her. And um, I'm trying to find her name. Okay. But, oh, her name is Rachel Hollis. Rachel Hollis. And she is actually married to, I want to say, a director. And so she was at the Oscars last night. Oh, girl. And I was watching every single video she was putting out there. And so anybody, go follow Rachel Hollis and go get her book, Girl, Wash Your Face. That sounds funny. I know. Have you even really watched it yet? I haven't read the book, but I'm upset. I mean, her Instagram is on point. She's truthful. She's honest. She's just good. So I really like her. That's awesome. That's legit. So how was your week? I actually did a lot of budget planning for the wedding. So a good six hours, you know, Excel sheets, all that stuff. And then this morning, I went to the orthodontist for my Invisalign, and they had to shave my teeth. Ow. Did that hurt? It was so weird. It was like... And that smell. Imagine... Don't you hate that smell of teeth? Yes. Ugh. And the taste. It works like it's technical. God, gross. We're gross right now. So imagine taking like a nail file, like a hardcore nail file, and then filing it between your teeth. And that's what it smells like, too, actually. Yeah, the smell and the taste. <laughs> so that was my morning. <laughs> Sexy. But my teeth needed, my teeth are so close together that they need more room to um, move and to straighten. And so they had to file them down. Will they be fully straight by the wedding? Yes. Oh, my God. They'll be fully straight by November of this year. That's so exciting. Mm-hmm. Much excitement. Um, I am officially moving this week. Yeah, girl. I'm not going to say where, but I'm moving from the burbs to somewhere in the Seattle immediate area. 
So now it'll take me so quickly to get to your house. Yes. And I can't wait. Me neither. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. I'm super pumped. So, yeah. Okay. Um, what are we talking about today? Well, we're first, we're just, I've heard talking about random stuff. You wanted to talk about the Oscars. I wanted to talk about the Oscars because um, they were on last night, so it's relevant in the media. And although you did mention that it was the lowest rating of watch, like it's the lowest watch. And I just saw that on one article, so who knows if that's even accurate. So, but it was a lot about women being powerful and making snide comments about what's going on in Hollywood. So a couple of them, um, one of my personal favorites was when Emma Stone delivered a really big burn when she was presenting the uh, best director category. So this is the quote that Emma Stone started off with. It is the vision of the director that takes an ordinary movie and turns it into a work of art. These four men and Greta Gerwig created their own masterpieces this year. So Greta Gerwig was the only woman and the other four were men. (laughs) Oh, she only said her name. That's awesome. So um, that was a nice little Oh, I did see that movie, the one you're about to talk about. I finally saw three billboards outside Emmy, Missouri. It was a dark movie. I know, but it was <laughs> so good. you want to hear how I watched it? Yeah, I forgot my headphones on the airplane. So I feel like it made it way less dramatic. Only reading subtitles. You just read subtitles for like three hours straight. Yeah. Oh, my God. That sounds terrible. <laughs> Did you like it at all? Yeah, I was reading the whole time. Yeah, it's like you're reading a book and watching at the same time. I know. It's a good movie. It's really dark. I know, but it didn't seem as dark because you can hear, you know, no ominous tones. Oh, yeah. There was no music. There was no anything. Yeah. It makes it like a little more light. (laughs) Yeah. It's a good movie, though. So um, the mom won for Best Actress. Yeah, she was really good, even without sound. (laughs) (laughs) Without hearing her voice, she was still really good. Great eight. So she won for Best Actress. Her name is Frances McDormand. And she took the stage to receive her award. And after thanking her family, she asked all of the other female nominees to stand up. Not just for her category, just all female nominees. She was saying, and then she said something funny like, Meryl, if you do it, everybody will do it. She was talking about Meryl Streep. So she's like, Meryl, stand up. If you stand up, everybody else will. And then it was true. As soon as Meryl stood up, then... I mean, everybody from director to actresses to screenplay writers to musicians, any woman that was nominated stood up. And um, it was just really cool to see, like, the other women were, like, waving at each other. Some had tears in their eyes and, like, blowing each other kisses. And so it was just really empowering to see. It is a good year for the ladies. Well, good and bad, but... It's good that we're uniting. Yes. So um, she then urged producers to back their projects, back the women's projects, and then wound up her speech by saying, I have two words to leave with you tonight. Inclusion writer. Awesome. Yep. So that was big. Um, And then let's see. Another really good quote um, was from Greta Gerwig, the woman who was up for director of the year. Did she win? 
she didn't win. Mm. But she um, wrote and made her solo um, directorial debut. So this was the first time that she was a director and she was nominated. So in the past, she's been an actress and a writer and that kind of thing. Wow. But um, so she directed Lady Bird, which have you seen it? No. You've got to see it. It is (laughs) so good. It was my favorite. I didn't see a lot of movies this year. That's okay. Get whenever they come to Amazon, watch them. So um, she was presenting the Oscar for the best documentary feature. And her quote is, we live in a time when now more than ever, all of us need to understand the importance of what is real, what is important and what is fact. So just calling it out for what it is. True. So I, I enjoyed the Oscars. Um, I hope other people did too. And yeah, it was a lot of jabs and female empowerment. Go ladies. Okay, so what else did you want to talk about today? Well, today we are talking about sexuality, the taboo topic in society. Yeah, do apparently. You kick things off? Yeah, so I just kind of jotted down general topics that I wanted to touch on. So, and I kind of just glanced at your notes, so it actually applies to some of them. Um, but my first thing is that overall, I feel like in society, um, in the past, and I'm not trying to be offensive, I'm just trying to be real, but in society, sexuality is in general considered, I feel like, a sin. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that be, there's several religions, not just one, that think it's a sin. Yeah, I was going to, my first bullet point was that um, I was raised in a Christian household growing up, and I also consider myself to still be a Christian, just an extremely liberal Christian. Um, But from a really early age, I was taught that sex is only allowed after you're married. And so if something isn't allowed until something else happens, then it's all almost just like automatically ingrained in you that this thing must be bad. Yeah, like you're doing something wrong. And also, um, it's weird for it to all of a sudden, how can you say, oh, now that I signed a piece of paper, all of a sudden now it's okay to do. Like, how can you emotionally flip like that when that's what you've grown up with and that's kind of what's ingrained in your mind? Right. And I feel like this actual episode, though, Megan, could actually be several episodes, to be honest. Yeah. Well, just because there's just a lot of different topics about it. Mm-hmm. But anywho, so um, sexual. So again, sexuality has been considered a sin for a long time, just considered wrong in society. Um, I don't know, like as a kid, too, I thought that you couldn't have sex without either being love or being married. And I, I like for sure, like told myself, like I shamed myself inside. I was like, if you ever have sex before you get married, you're a bad person. And you weren't, you don't, you weren't raised in a religious household. No. And my parents, I don't think even said that necessarily to me ever. I think they just said, know the person and be in love, but still I considered it bad in my head I guess being in Texas too it's probably even more of an extreme <laughs> um but honestly what is sex it's a biological desire it's like ingrained scientifically into like the human brain and human sexuality want to procreate mm-hmm. that's why it's pleasurable and 
So it's a sexual desire that's biological and it's just expressing a part of you that a lot, most people enjoy, Mm -hmm. you know? Yep. I also wanted to also touch on outside of religion, why we also may think that it's bad. Yeah. Um, So if you think about PG-13 movies or R-rated movies, um, I know that my parents would fast forward over the sex scenes or they would cover my eyes. Um, And for PG-13 movies, I mean, they're not sex scenes. They're just, you know, like make out or kissing scenes. And so by showing us that, hey, you're not allowed to do this, um, it's automatically just a little bit ingrained that, hey, what they're doing is bad. You're not allowed to see it. So how then can you turn that thought into all of a sudden saying, oh, guess what? It's fine. It's natural. It's biological. It's pleasurable. It's a a little bit of a hard switch. Right. And I get it. Like you don't want kids to like there is dangers with sex. Um, There definitely is. You can get diseases. Um, Some of them are curable, but you can still get diseases. You can also get pregnant before you're ready, which is a financial hindrance. And also personally, sometimes a hindrance, sometimes it's wonderful and a blessing. Um, But if you're sometimes it can be really hard on people. Um, And so I think that something we need to stress is just education. Mm-hmm. You know, like telling kids clearly doesn't necessarily work by just saying sex is bad before marriage and like saying, um, I'm forgetting the word, what celibacy or what abstinence, abstinence. So being like abstinent is going to like stop kids from having sex. Um, no, I don't feel like anything's going to stop people from having sex because it's biological, mm-hmm. a biological desire. So in my opinion, the better thing is to give out condoms, teach people how to use condoms because one that protects some sexual diseases and then educating people about sexual diseases and having mature talks. I think what's even hard in dating is sitting down and having a mature talk of being like, have, have you like looked at stuff and, um, and all that sort of a thing. And you know what I mean? Yeah. I was also going to say that Actually, my parents, sorry, not my parents, my therapist um, that I was seeing for a couple of years in Washington, um, she was saying that for kids, if if there's two families, one family where sex, gender, penises, vaginas, sexuality isn't talked about versus a family where those are talked about and discussed in a mature um, manner, um, those kids grow up really differently and how they perceive sex and sexuality is extremely differently um, between the two families. And so I think that this also proves the point of having those conversations with your kids and having and discussing it. Um, although um, some people may find it awkward, I think that that also leads things into, okay, sex is bad and having sex is bad. You know, I think it's the way the parents handle it if, if it's awkward or not. Yeah, and again, all about protection, birth control, and educating people about the science behind it of how you can get infected, how to have a mature conversation, how to have safe sex, um, 
what's the difference between rape for like both male and female being the perpetrator of that and the victim and just educating them on everything, Mm -hmm. you know, that's going to prevent a lot of issues. Definitely. Any other things to discuss? Oh, a lot. Okay. (laughs) I, um, you go first then. One, I wanted to talk about how men are praised for sexual behavior oftentimes. Like when a man is called like a player, and I'm sure this is always talked about and you guys have heard of this, but like when a man is called, like he's praised, he's like, oh man, what's your number? Or like, oh, like locker room talk Mm -hmm. that is like shied off as locker room talk. But I think not only does this one like only let one gender celebrate sex. And two, I think that only men being praised for this like sexual behavior. And I don't even know if people should be praised in general for sex or it should just be like a common thing. Like, Oh, okay, this happens Mm -hmm. or maybe it should be celebrated. I haven't thought about it like that. But anyway, I think that only men being praised in this locker room talk and the way they talk about it, um, and how it's stereotypically talked about just perpetuates this whole sexual harassment and assault behavior. Like, it's like, go, man, you need to get as much as you want. And then it's like hypes up the masculinity and the stereotype of what men should be. And then that just perpetuates that talk, perpetuates that behavior, perpetuates that mindset that says it's okay to sexually harass a woman. Mm-hmm. And then how... Women, on the other hand, I think we talk about it in a very different manner. Right. Like, women are, well, women are called hoes, sluts, whores. Um, And even I know, and I've even been guilty of it myself, calling, like, my friends will call themselves, oh, I was slutty this time in my life. Oh, I was a slut last weekend. Oh, I'm super slutty. Or they call another woman slutty. And... Like, but if you made that decision, you wanted to have sex during that time, why shouldn't we be celebrated for that like men are? And two, like, why is it considered slutty to express what's a biological desire and what's something that you really wanted to do? Like, Mm -hmm. and you thought you were going to have fun doing, like, why don't you just be prideful of that? Like, why, if you were smart, if you talked with them, and if, even if you didn't, like... Why are you shamed? If there were two consensual adults in this situation, then why should you be shamed? Yeah. Yeah, I agree completely. And um, it's like kind of a double standard. And I think it's all coming back to the point where I think you want to elaborate on is one, women are sexualized in culture, but then we can't be sexual. Mm -hmm. Like in American women are sexualized. And I don't mean to be stereotypical, but sometimes I have had men come up to me in a bar when I'm dressed the way I want to dress and they'll like assume things. Like one time I said, I'm a video producer and a man came up to me and he was like, Oh, a video producer of porn. And Oh my God. It's just like, I was sexualized, you know, and I'm a video producer of education. (laughs) And so it's like, it's not fair. And even if you do, we do porn, who cares? But it's just, you know, it was stereotyped. But, and then, so women are sexualized in culture. One, movies, blonde, big boobs, 
um, skinny or curvy and they're just sexualized like women are sexualized in magazines sports illustrated not saying that that's wrong like we should celebrate the female body but at the same time we're sexualized but we can't it's a double standard like mm-hmm. i'm not slut, like slut shaming ironically those women i'm i think that's great that they're on there and they feel sexual and sexy that they're on those covers Victoria, like, I think that's wonderful and beautiful, but at the same time, we can't be sexual back or we're sluts or we're whores and we're sexualized. But if we have sex, then we're slutty. Yeah. And like, and women are supposed to be a certain way, like very polite and kind and not talk about sex and not have sex. But men yet are celebrated for having sex. So who are they having sex with? Who are they celebrating having sex with? The sluts and whores? So the people that actually did it are bad people that they're celebrating that they had sex with. But like the women that are quiet, like they're celebrating more. Like it's just like not fair. Double edged sword. Yeah. Girl, you just preached like no other and I loved it. What were you going to say about women being... (laughs) like sexualized and also it's a double standard were you gonna say anything else I guess just thinking about I never thought of it that way in terms of okay take some a beautiful model on the cover of Victoria's Secret or you know Playboy so we can celebrate them and celebrate their beauty and their and men like their bodies but then stare at them and do things like but then if they were to go have sex then all of a sudden then you know, don't talk about it or they're being slutty for doing that. I totally, yeah, I never, I, I didn't put the two together. So thank you for doing that. Yeah, no worries. And you're not allowed to talk about sex and like regular day culture. Like it's like frowned upon to like bring up sex or it's embarrassing. Even I feel it still like, I feel all of these things that I'm talking about and I'm like trying to change it and preach to women. But oftentimes I feel the same way that I'm saying, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And it's just not fair. Like, I don't know. My girlfriends and I were just talking like they were like, yeah, I always thought I was only going to have one partner. But now I have all these partners and I'm a slut or Mm -hmm. I have all these partners and like all like and just shaming themselves for a one night stand, shaming themselves for just dating around. And it's just not fair when men it's the opposite. They like want a one night stand. They're searching for someone at the bar and that's like celebrated. Do you remember that research that was done and it came out that men over amplify the number of women they've slept with by three and then women understate the number exactly. by three? Exactly. It's the whole point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And why should any man judge you? And why do we even need to say a number? Yeah, that's a good point. Numbers <laughs> don't even matter. But it's just like even like I felt like judged by other people, you know, it's just like it's hard. Mm-hmm. you know so it's hard whenever I think when it's been ingrained in in your conscious and in your mind for since you were small yeah since all of us were small so yeah it's hard to switch like that for sure and you're like taught there's like certain rules you gotta like hold out to this point you know mm-hmm. don't don't kiss on the first date don't sleep on the second date yeah it's like well why do those matter are yeah. those even applicable right probably not um, I was going to go into 10 things you need to know about female sexuality. Yes, let's do it. Let's educate my people. So it's by Bella Elwood Clayton. And the first one is don't believe the hype. Our sexuality is culturally relative. 
So sexuality is shaped by culture and history. For example, a hundred years ago, a woman who loved sex could be regarded as being mentally disturbed. Whereas today, if you don't love sex, you could end up being diagnosed as dysfunctional. So I think that this brings up a good point too, where we haven't gone the other route. So we've talked about, okay, women who love sex and women who um, have had multiple partners shaming themselves. But what about the women who don't love sex? Like, is it then shameful in our, I also do feel like then it is shameful in our culture or something is wrong with relationships if women and men don't have as high of a libido as others. Yeah. Or if you don't like, if you don't have a lot of sex, you're like called a prude or something like that. Yeah. So we, so that's the flip of the coin there is that, you know, some people like sex more than others. I think that that's just biological too. Well, yeah, like human sexuality, you know, like I think it's all on a bell curve in my opinion of sexuality of like straight versus gay. And I think it's like on a bell curve of where people actually fall. I don't think it's as black and white as people make it. And the same thing with sexuality. Mm-hmm. The second one is, this one was really interesting to me. Our desire to appear desirable exceeds desire itself oh that is deep i know so this one goes back to media and i think advertising. that's so true i know um media and advertising can have a devastating effect on women's self-esteem and it affects our sexual self-esteem too feeling like we don't live up to the ideal or women who view themselves and even their genitalia as undesirable. Hmm. So I think that that is like a really good point that my mind was just like a little blown. Um, Let's see. Another one is that low female desire is actually normal. And so women have been made to feel that having a low libido can mean that something is wrong. And currently Women who have low libido are sometimes um, diagnosed as um, HSDD, which stands for a hypoactive sexual desire disorder. And she wants to point out that the trouble is that many of the researchers who have come up with this diagno- diagnosis are have financial ties to pharmaceutical companies. So treating them with like things to change that mm-hmm. libido. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Um, There is another one that says there is more than one type of sexual prime. So I think that there's all this research that's been done about how men's sexual prime is different than female sexual prime and they don't match up. And then what's a sexual prime mean? Like when you want to have like tons of sex. So for men, it's like younger, like 17 to 18. And then for women, it's older. Like I want to say in your 30s, maybe 40s. So so then not in your 20s i don't know i could (laughs) i could be off but i know that in men it's like i want to say significantly younger than women women hit their prime Mm. and so this one is saying that there can be multiple primes and feeling good in your body it probably just is a wave of hormones too yeah (laughs) yeah probably so um and then another one is that there is an active pursuit of the pink Viagra. So the pink Viagra would be a global sex drug for women. 
a plethora of drugs are targeting the female libido and they're more and more being researched actively. Hmm. Um, there can be such drugs include cream patches, sprays, or pills, and they are to target the genital blood flow, hormones, and brain chemistry. Um, so we'll see if one, if the pink Viagra hits the market, you know, I think if there should be a, a Viagra, there should be a female Viagra. I know, but I'm just like, that would be a lot of feelings. <laughs> <laughs> well, just because, okay, maybe, maybe we won't take the pink Viagra, but maybe somebody out there will get a oh, lot Oh, well, yeah, of no, desire. no, I think that you, if you want to do it, go for it. But I'm just thinking, wow, that's like a lot to feel. <laughs> So, um, and the last one I wanted to point on is free range sexuality. So in many ways, female sexuality is still mysterious. And since scientists can't agree about what woman's uh, sexual response is, what constitutes female sexual dysfunction, or if women even have a sexual peak, it is unrealistic to expect us to have a similar sex drive. So it's kind of just like, hey, guess what? Female sexuality, scientifically, um, maybe we don't know anything about. Emotionally and physically and how pleasurable we find it, I feel like that is a case-by-case and woman-by-woman basis. But scientifically as a whole, it seems to be a bit of a mystery. Very mysterious, ladies. Yes. Very mysterious. Well, I feel like I touched on my points. Okay, perfect. I feel like I did as well. Um, We found a really applicable quote. Wait, are we going to say positives and then quote? Yeah, let's do that. What's your positive? My positive is that I'm going to Bellingham this weekend, which I've never been to Bellingham. It's pretty. Yeah? Yeah. We're going to a brewery. It's really pretty. Oh, fun. Yeah. So hopefully the weather's nice and meeting um, Des's family up there. It was his birthday on Saturday. And Happy so, birthday, Desmond. So we're going to go meet his family and have some drinks and just hang out and have a good time. What's your good thing? Moving in, of course. Of course. Of course. Okay. So exciting. Maybe, our ne- maybe one of our next episodes will record at your place. Oh, I don't know where. I wish, like, if it didn't disclose where we're at, I wish I could do the rooftop because that's a good view. Well, could we do it in your room? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Okay. Um, here's our quote. It is from Judith Plaskow. If sexuality is one dimension of our ability to live passionately, then in cutting off our sexual feelings, we diminish our overall power to feel know and value deeply okay thanks for joining the peaceful truth ladies and feminist fellas i don't think that's a good name for the male well uh, let's just i can't think of a better one thanks for joining us ladies and men (laughs) ladies and gentlemen ladies and gentlemen there there you go (laughs) lord almighty all right Bye. bye